Praise the Lord, everyone. Let me know the Lord is good. Has anyone come tonight expecting a good God to show up? <laughs> He's a good God, no matter what COVID tells you. He's a good God. You can feel the Lord in this house. You can feel the Lord in, the, in this place. I want to just, I want to honor, I want to honor your pastors, um, Pastor J.O. and, and Radine. They are absolutely the most lovely people I've encountered in my life. Um, right before I met Jonathan, the, someone came to me as a, I was a traveling person, and my wife and I, and they said, God's going to give you a Jonathan. Someone that your heart is going to knit to, someone that your soul is going to connect with, and you're going to immediately be joined to him. And within weeks, I was introduced to Jonathan, <laughs> and, and I fell in love with him. I literally fell in love with him. I, I had a heart aches when I wasn't around him, didn't I? I mean, my heart ached. I was like, <sighs> I never had a man crush before, but that was seriously straight up. I was crushing. I was like, oh, straight up. And when I get around him, I still flutter. I just still have this thing. I just straight up crush, right? And just, but you know, he, 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 is, my, he is my dude. And I would just show up and do anything for him if he ever wanted anything. And then, you know, I met Radine. Of course, I, I, just, I, just, I just adore a Radine. I just, you know, my wife, we just, we just adore you. We love you guys. And my clock better not start yet because this is... <laughs> we, we know preaching. We know introduction. My introduction goes for about 20 minutes and then you can start my... <laughs> No, but you guys are absolutely heaven. You guys are beautiful. And then, you know, to bring us into your family and introduce us to Seth and Jamie, uh, that was absolutely incredible. And, and we just love you. We love you. We love your team. And now we get to meet your team. And then you introduced us to your parents. I mean, that was wonderful. That was wonderful. But I, I fell in love with these guys. I mean, I literally, I'm going to follow them around. I'm going to follow them around. I'm going to follow them around. I've known, I've known Bob and Sue for a long time, but literally this weekend, to really watch you both flow and to see how you dip into the things of the Spirit and your heart for people, I just, I sit here and I'm just going, I keep saying, they're amazing. They're, I keep nudging my wife. She goes, why do you keep bumping me? <laughs> they're just absolutely amazing. They're the most genuine people in the gospel. And, uh, you know, that, that to me is rich. And, and I can see why everybody wants to be their kids, to be sent out by them, to be loved by them, to be overshadowed and, over, and covered by them because they really carry the heart of Jesus for not only the lost but for the church. And it's beautiful. Thank you for that. And this is my, my, my wife. She's my best friend. She's absolutely fun. She's, she's, she, you can tell when she speaks. She speaks again straight from, from the Lord, and, and she is a... She's a straight shooter, which I like. She just tells you she's Dutch. So she's, 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 you, you, I, I, in college, I had a Dutch roommate that God prepared me for her. So you just, sometimes I'm like, well, why don't you tell me what I want to hear? 
that doesn't happen. Then I have then I have the rest of the family. They have that same characteristic. <laughs> this is my this is my daughter Sophia and my my son Yosef and my son Tristan. They're absolutely my best friends in the world right here, all on the front row. You guys are now in company in company in my best friendship in the front row. And now you all, I'm crushing on all of you, so you guys are just mess, messed me up this weekend. It's a privilege to be here and be able to share the word of the Lord. <laughs> my, clock is, my clock is on the move. That's no joke. All right, so <laughs> I'm going down. Just <laughs> He says, remember, it's going down, not up. <laughs> Uh, in, in, in November uh, 2019, I was in New York, and not New York, I was in Washington, D.C., and I woke up with a, with a dream, and the dream was me rubbing my eyes three times, three, one, two, three, and then over the top of, just a, it was like over my head, but I, I could see just a, in my eyes the word astonishing, the word astonishing cross. And I didn't know what that meant, so I, I felt like the Lord said, go into 2020 and I want you to focus on teaching and preaching the astonishing. So I spent all year. Every, everywhere I'd go, I'd want to teach something else. And the Lord said, this is the year of the astonishing. You preach that. And all I could do is preach the year of the astonishing. What it did for us and for our congregations, every day we woke up expecting God to be astonishing. Everywhere I went to preach, God was telling them, don't look at what's going on. Look at what's astonishing in me. What, what we found out is that the first eye-rubbing moment was COVID coming and shutting down the nation. The second eye-rubbing moment was, was George Floyd's death that w- people rubbed their eyes and couldn't believe what they s- would see. And the third is the way the election was captured, taken. That was three eye-rubbing, and then I believe that we see the word astonishing. I know that I thought astonishing was 2020, but I believe that we're stepping into astonishing right now. Would they see the most astonishing things that we've ever encountered? On, on, New, Year's, on New Year's Eve 2020, New Year's Eve, we were in 2019, you know, going to 2019, 2020, uh, we saw the miracles of tumors dissolving in people. We saw miracles take place. This year, we've seen the most incredible miracles you can imagine. We've seen little baby on life support raised from basically dead. We've seen just incredible dis- miracles, families getting saved. We've seen the most incredible miracles we have ever, ever seen in 2020. We started something when, when COVID hit, the Lord says, you don't only pastor in Seattle, you have a responsibility to pastor the nations. And so we started, we started a, a campaign of online infusion. We, just, we started something called Curology on Tuesday nights. And Curology is a time where my wife and we sit, in, we sit in our living room and we teach about healing. And we pray for the sick online. And, and we've seen miracles after miracles every Tuesday night through Curology. And then, we, then the Lord said, I want you to start healing Zoom rooms. So we have healing Zoom rooms on Tuesday night. And we have people who are getting, signing into our healing Zoom rooms on Tuesday night. And they're getting healed of the most incredible diseases and sicknesses. Because I said, Lord, if COVID is shutting us down, we've got to shut it down. How can we do that? He said, start healing Zoom rooms. So that no matter where you can go, they won't let you in the hospital, but you can turn that phone on in the hospital and people are getting healed. COVID is being healed and in, in, in we are seeing COVID being healed, just dissolved, just gone. People, people literally one moment diagnosed, all the symptoms leave, they get, di- they get the, the test again and it's all gone. We've seen COVID just on, under the feet of a Christian, under believers. Now this is not my wife and I praying. We teach for about 45 minutes to an hour. We jump off and then we have, a, we have, we have, 
we have rooms. And in the room, each one of these healing Zoom rooms, there's, a, there's three believers that have said, we want to be trained. We train them up to be prayers for the sick. And so they are healing. They're seeing the healing of God. I want you to know we're in the most astonishing season, and we're about to step into something absolutely incredible. If you aren't ready for that, just, just don't say anything. But you are. Say yes. Yeah. Say yes. Say yes. I want you to know that you're, this heart of the city is going to hear the heart of God, and God's heart is a cry for a city, and he wants to see this city supernaturally won, not just won by our intellect, not just won by our care, but won by the power of the Holy Spirit. God needs to be more powerful than anything else that has happened in this world. If, if I had time, I could tell you more about the three, the, the three eye-rubbings and then the astonishing, but I want to release the impartation for the astonishing tonight. I want to release that impartation. I want to release an impartation. The word impartation is the word metadidomy, which means a gift embedded into you, put inside of you. That literally once God sticks it in you, it changes you. You don't have to change to become it. It changes you in you. He says, I came that I may impart. I want to come say, I may impart to you some spiritual gift. Metadidomy. Metadidomy is if I gave you a million dollars or a billion dollars, depending on what your standard is. If I gave you a million dollars today, it would change who you are from, from being a hundred thousandaire to now a millionaire overnight. That's a metadidomy. It was not him that changed. It was the gift that changed him. All right, so we're not used to that kind of stuff. That's okay. But there's a metadidomy that's going to happen to you. Let's go ahead and get into the word of God. Let's turn, let's turn to Mark chapter, 640, Mark chapter 642. I'm going to read for a few minutes, and then I want, to, I want to just show you a few things in the scripture, and then I want to start releasing that impartation. That impartation. How many of you are ready for God to use you right where you live? <laughs> Pastor Bob set it up. He says the kingdom of God doesn't want to just come to you. It wants to come through you. The kingdom of God doesn't want to just reveal itself to you. The kingdom of God is looking for opportunity depots to manifest itself through. All right, so here we go. It says in Mark chapter 6, verse, verse 42, it says, And they all ate and were satisfied, and they picked up 12 full baskets of broken pieces, and all also loved the fish. And there were 5,000 men who ate, who ate the loaves. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side of Bethesda, Bethsaida, sorry, while he himself was sending the crowd away. After bidding farewell, he left for the mountain to pray. How many of you see what Jesus did? He sent them off and left for the mountain to pray. Verse 47, and when it was evening, the boat was in the middle of the sea, and he was alone on the land. Seeing them straining, someone say straining. This is the word the Lord said. Seeing them straining at the oars, for the wind was against them. At, at about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them. Walking on the water, he intended to pass by them. Say that with me. He intended to pass by them. They thought that he was coming to them, but his intention was to pass by them. Verse 49, but when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed that he was a ghost and cried out, for they all, they all saw him and were terrified. But immediately he spoke with them and said, take, you know, courage is something you have to take. It doesn't come to you. You have to take it. Take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Then he got into the boat with them, and the wind stopped, and they were utterly astonished. 
they were utterly astonished. I want you to see this because there's some things that bother me as a leader with this, with this, con, this, this text. First of all, as a leader, you learned, and I, we learned here today, uh, this morning in the leadership, that, that leaders are, are, are supposed to bring people along, they're supposed to train them, develop them, and activate them, and move them into their purpose, and help them walk that out. A leader doesn't do the work themselves, but the leader gets people to work with them, and then they help them step into their purpose and the call. We see Jesus doing something very contrary to most leadership training. He says, listen, this is what we're going to do. I want, he takes them to the boat, and he says, I want you to go across to, where, where, did, he, where did he tell them to go? Bethsaida. I want you to go to Bethsaida. So he sends him on the boat. He goes and sends him on the boat. Then he comes back. He picks up the dishes. He cleans the place himself. He does all the work himself. And he tells every, he's the one that sends everybody away. That's not typical leader standards. You know, in case you guys, you guys aren't with me. That's not typical leader standards. The leaders get in the boat. And everybody else does. Jesus is doing something. He wants you to ask a question. Why are you doing this? When you see something in the Bible that doesn't make sense, don't just say it doesn't make sense. Ask yourself, why does it not make sense? When you do that, you'll begin to see something from the scriptures. And it, he moves the people and he says, go to Bethsaida. And he goes and prays. And he goes into, into the into high places and prays. And when he comes down, the Bible shows us that the people that he was with, that he sent ahead to Bethsaida, they were still working. They were working to get where he told them to go. Have you ever had an assignment on your life that you're supposed to get somewhere, but it's not as easy as it used to be? Has anyone ever known? How many of you know that these guys have rode before? How many of you, ever, how many of you know that these, these men have been in rowboats before? And these men are in boats doing what is naturally supposed to be easy. I've been to, I've been to Galilee. I've been to that sea. You can almost throw a rock across it. I mean, if you're really hulky. But, you, but, you, it's, but it's not a sea where you can't see the other side. It's a real, it's real, it shouldn't take all day to get there. I've been to that spot. It shouldn't take all day to get there. And what's happening is sometimes God will call you to go into something that's not easy. And you go in it doing what you normally know how to do it. You don't bring what you have in your norm and your natural skill set to the assignment of God. And it, see, I want you to know when God calls you to do something, it doesn't mean there's no wind against it. We came into 2020 thinking that God was going to release a supernatural anointing on us without any wind. The wind is the assignment. The wind is the, the acknowledgement that you're on the right road. Come on. The wind is the acknowledgement that you're on the right road, that you're going the right way, that you're doing the right thing. If you never have a challenge, you may not be on the right road. These men are rowing and they're straining against the oars. They're pushing the way that they always did. They went to oar rowing and boat rowing school. They've been to the university at Harvard. They've been on the university Harvard row team. They know how to do it. Their skill set is it. But it's not enough to get them to where they're supposed to go. We trust so much in our natural when God was trying to make us supernatural in 2020, we trusted more in our natural. Are you, guys, you guys are way too quiet. Pastor Bob said, if you get up there and fail, it's your fault, bro. <laughs> he said, that's his word of encouragement because this place is hot. Anybody can preach here. And here I am, rowing against the oars. 
Are we all right? <laughs> I want you to get this, that if you literally, if you literally are still trying to do it in the natural, you're missing the point. You're supposed to have enough wind against you that you say there's got to be a different way. Jesus comes walking on the water. After he's spending some time praying, he comes walking on the water. You know what I love about this? Is Jesus is walking in the water. The wind is blowing against him. His wind is in his hair. And he's just, and he has no problem moving against it because he's not doing it the natural way. He didn't go look for a boat. He didn't say the love boat. He didn't do it. He just got on his feet and walked in the supernatural on the water. He, he didn't choose to go to them, but you have to catch this. The Bible says he was going past them. Another version of the scripture in Matthew, let's read it. It says in verse, for chapter 14 of Matthew, verse 26, it says, And when the disciples saw him walking on the water, when they were terrified and said, It is a ghost. Same, same picture. And they cried out in fear, but immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Peter said to him, Lord, if it be you, command me to walk on the water. See, we didn't see this in the other chapter where he was walking past them. But Peter's saying, I see you walking, can I come to you? He's looking for people who will say, can I come to you? I'm tired of rowing like this. I'm tired of doing it. Come on, girl. I'm tired of doing it like this. I don't want to do it like everybody. I don't want to do it the way I've always done it. I don't want to do it the way it's always been trained. I see that you're not coming to me. I want you to see this. He's looking for someone that will say, I, I want to do it your way, not my way. Peter rose up in that boat and said, I want to do it your way, not my way. I am tired of rowing. Am I yelling too much for you guys? I'm tired of rowing. I am tired of rowing. I am sweating out here all day doing what I've always been doing, getting nowhere. We've always done it this way, but we're getting nowhere. Can I come with you? Jesus said, come. Peter comes walking out on the water. See, the Bible says something about Jesus. The Bible says about him that he says in Ephesians that, you, that he's, he's looking for something, someone that will ask at a different level. He says he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above, above all that you may ask or may, that, that you may even Come on, somebody, anybody using their imagination in this season? I believe that there was Peter going, I wish I could just do something different here. He was working on that imaginary. See, the only reason Peter could ask to get out of the water, out of the boat, is because he was imagining getting out of that boat. But if you're imagining just the boat getting there faster, it's not good enough. That boat is going to still crash against the wind. That wind is still going to push against it. But if you imagine that you can come out of this situation, come on, in a different position, that God will do something miraculous and amazing for you, that God would be an astonishing God, that God would transform lives. Who would have thought we would see people all around the world getting healed of COVID and sicknesses and diseases through a Zoom room? We're seeing miracles. Thank you, COVID.
I can tell you all the thank you COVIDs. I have a lot of thank you COVIDs. I have goals that I need to accomplish before COVID is gone. My imagination is working. Exceedingly abundantly above all that you may ask or think according to the power that works in Jesus. No, thank you, thank you. That works in you. What do you got working inside of you? Do you have, I gotta get out of this boat in you? Is anyone again, I gotta get out of this boat? I gotta get out of doing this the normal way. I've gotta get, I gotta get out of doing this. I can't do it this way. I can't keep it this way. I can't go that way. I can't keep talking that way. Oh, I thought I was preaching at TD Jake. Sorry. I thought I, I forgot I was in Idaho. I forgot I was in Idaho. I just gonna, I, I forgot that I was in Idaho. I forgot. I, I just wanted to talk to somebody for a moment and just say, I'm tired of having it this way. I'm not going that way anymore. I'm not doing it that way. See, because if he's looking for someone that's asking big in this season. But no one, no one can see what I'm talking about. That's because they're not activated their imagination. They, haven't, they don't have enough wind against them yet. The wind is assigned to your imagination. You're pushing against the oars. It's supposed to activate your imagination. Don't seek to be normal when you're in the wind. Step into the supernatural when you're in the wind. Step into the power of God when you're in the wind. Step into the glory of God when you're in the wind. Step in the power and the assignment of God when you're in the wind. When the wind's blowing against you, say, oh, here we go. We're about to start walking on some water around here. We're about to get on some water. About to get on some water. About to get on some water right here. Exceedingly. Abundantly, above all that you can ask and think. See, this is what got me, Jonathan. Peter gets to Jesus. Can I get to you? Can I come to you, Jesus? Yes, come on. He gets to Jesus and he goes, this is awesome, Jesus. And then he doesn't know what else to ask for. I've always wondered why did he sink? It's because he didn't have another ask. He just wanted to get to Jesus. It's amazing how many people we ask to get free from our limitation, but not to our destination. See, Jesus, when he put him in the boat, he told them their destination. Your destination is not the middle of the sea. Your destination is Bethsaida. I want you to get to Bethsaida. Whatever way you can. Whatever, come on, son. Whatever way you can. I bet you that you better get to your destination. Through some wind, through some COVID, through some problems, through some economic crisis, through some kind of election trauma, through some kind of Black Lives Matter. I want you to get to Bethsaida. I want you to get the best out of. He didn't have another ask. He didn't have another thing to ask for. His imagination dropped. Don't let your imagination drop. You hear me? Don't you allow your imagination to drop. You keep that imagination alive. You keep dreaming of what can come next. Don't settle. Don't settle. The problems that you're facing are activating the glorious person you are. I'm, I'm, I'm. 
Peter starts to sink. I love the Lord. He didn't say, you stupid Peter, how dare you start sinking at my feet? You dummy, I'm gonna kick you in your head. I, you had this miracle breaking out and you broke out and you failed. He reaches down and pulls him up. You may say, well, I failed in 2020. I didn't keep, the, I got discouraged, I backslid. Let me tell you, Jesus is not gonna kick you in the head. He's gonna pull you up. He's gonna pull you up. He's gonna bring you up to the highest place. He's gonna pull you back up to the place that's standing next to him. And he will walk you arm in arm back to the boat. But you know what? I thought to myself, I would have kicked Jesus in the shin right then. Don't you dare put me back in that boat. Don't you dare get me back into that normal life. Get me, don't you dare put me in that boat. Is there anyone you're saying, I'm not going back to the boat? I'm not going back to the boat of normal. I'm not going back to the boat of regular. I'm not going back to the boat. I'm staying in this supernatural life. I'm staying in this supernatural life. I'm not going to be a, a, a non-essential church person again. I'm not going to be a non-essential person in my community again. I'm not going to be a non. I'm not going back to that boat. I want you to do something supernatural in my life, in my family, in my body. I need something new, God. Is there anybody who say, I need something new, God? Is this time for a supernatural church? The supernatural church must arise. We've learned the systems and the processes because we need them, but we can't have a supernatural God without asking. When I needed a new system and process, I call a friend. Hey, what are you guys doing? If I need a supernatural God, all I have to do is ask. He said, Beth, say to guys, you know why Jesus was walking past you in your, in your problem? It's because you were talking to him about your limits and he's talking to you about your destination. He was not trying to get to the boat. He was not trying to do any of this normal. He, he, was, he was walking past because there was not a normal bone in him. He wants to keep on going. Hey guys, what's up? Peace. And what his goal was is if they were truly small Christians, small Christ-like, if they were the anointed, like, then they would have whipped right out and wanted to walk with him. See, when, he, when Peter got to them, he just said, okay, so we're going to Bethsaida this way. This is awesome. This is like a, a jet. When they got back to the boat, Jesus said, I'm still not doing it your natural way, even though I came back to your natural boat. It says in John that they were there immediately. Don't make God get stuck in your limitation don't make God get stuck in your limitation young lady when I looked at you today during worship the Lord said she's in my first my 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 my, my yeah you, you 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 she's in my fast start program she's wondering how long is it gonna take to get started all over but she's the Lord says she's in my fast start program you're going to quicken your feet. You're going to get there like this boat. Jesus' boat always gets there fast. I, I don't, I'm out of time. They, 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 I, they step, I stepped into the grace of the Lord somehow, and the, the clock broke back there. But is there anybody, just real quick, before we get back to, is there anyone that says, I'm not going back to that boat? This is a season of the astonishing for my life. 
Come on, just step into the astonishing right now. Just step into it. This is a season of the astonishing. Just step into it. Just step, just rise into it. Step right into the season of the astonishing, the supernatural God with a supernatural people, with a supernatural believer. Is there anybody who's saying, I'm stepping right into the supernatural. I'm rising to the occasion. I'm stepping into the supernatural realms of the kingdom of God. I will not be limited from my destination. I am going someplace in God and he has a destiny for me. If, if, that, if that's you, say yes. Wow, wow, we're going to step out the boat, yo, wow. That's crazy. You can be seated. They're going to start getting the stage ready for uh, the prophets to come up. They're going to begin ministering. I ran into something last night. It was like we were, I was receiving. This is the time of year where we don't, don't get offended if you're new. It just happens to be this, the time of year during these gatherings that we receive an offering that just for the sound, to cover the cost, airfare, motel food helping with the honorarium we're going to give them an honorarium no matter what but if anything comes in over top of it then it's it's going to we're going to send it to them so right now last night i was receiving the offering i was going well about half the people left they're getting kids and all kinds so i thought tonight that uh, we would just do it right now um even right before the the prophets start ministry so we're going to do that right so you'll be able to give, you can bring it right here, or you can give. Instructions will be online, and if you go online, it will be under sound. So we're going to just worship, and I just want to encourage, I, I just really sense that, man, God, God can just cover this entire conference, and it would be absolutely cool. It would, you, you would be pretty amazed at what it costs to put on a conference, but you know what? He can do abundantly above anything that we could ask or, or think, right? So I'm imagining it's going to get covered. Amen. You with me, Father? We just asked right now, we just lift it up to you. God, I don't want to work anything. If somebody's offended, they don't have to give. Because it's your conference. We're your people. And you're the provider. So I just pray, God, that you would just bless this offering now in Jesus' name. And you can give here. We're going to go into a song, or you can give online. Come on, 
out, sing that out, lift your voice. And holy, you are holy. You're such a perfect father. I worship you forever. Holy, you are holy. It's one thing for us to get all pumped up with Tracy's preaching, and that was a powerful word. I was reminding uh, Pastor Ray Dean, and I think I said to Sue, and I I said to Tracy, I was here, I think it's four years ago. I may be wrong. You were not in this building yet, so my timeline may be off. But Mark Strong preached. He preached that sermon, if you'll remember. Same sermon, same story. Okay, about the, the other side. Exactly. Now listen, mouth of two or three witnesses, every word shall be established. Okay, what do you need? You don't need an angel coming down and writing many, many tekel habarsin, okay, on the wall. Okay, God's speaking to you. you got to enter into what God wants you to do. And it's all nice to get pumped up, but when God speaks to you, say, like, I want you to empty your bank account. God speaks to you. I want you to, I want you to start witnessing to every neighbor in the neighborhood. When God starts speaking to you, I want you to, I want you to start praying for every sick person you see. Come on, it's, it's one thing for us to get all pumped up. It's another thing for us to walk it out with an obedient ear. Amen? God is speaking to this house. I told J.O. today, I, I talked to my friend Dave Schaff. We had coffee this afternoon. I want to say this, and I want to affirm your, your pastor publicly. I've seen a lot of churches across the nation and around the world. I've probably done 80 international ministry trips in the last 20 years. And so I've been on a lot of foreign soil, lots of nations all over the world. I have never seen a leader that can maintain a revival environment like Jonathan Owens. Ever. Ever. This house has a special grace on it. The special grace, the grace of fire. It's the grace of the supernatural. It's the grace of the impossible. 
It's the grace where you guys don't even do things that make sense sometimes, okay? Okay? I mean, J.O. comes up with, he has ever since I've known. He comes up with names that are like crazy. It's like calling security people sheepdogs. I mean, you're just not going to do that in Hollywood, all right? But, man, this church has a grace on it because your pastor believes in the impossible. There's a childlike faith that God can do anything. And it's in you. And so I just want to encourage you that Jesus is doing something supernaturally in you that's not just a sound meeting. It's going to carry on all through the year and the next year. That's a great word. Astonishing. Come on, this, we don't want to waste a pandemic, do we? I mean, it's not all fun and games. I, I, I have a friend of mine who died and one of the greatest prophets I've ever known. Okay, so I, this is that tragedy in it, but we don't want to waste it, especially for my friend Danny Benia. If he died because of this, giving his life to the church, then let's not, then let's, let's not waste it. Let's say, God, what are you doing? You're not going to, you know, a lot of guys look like Tarzan, but they lift like Jane. Okay, they have no strength in them. Okay, if you want to get strong, you can't do a little two-pound dumbbell Pilates, okay? You're going to have to lift heavy stuff. Okay, if you want to get strong in your faith, you've got to face something. It's the storm. I don't want to preach like he did in the sense of trying to, you know, tag on to that. But I just want to encourage you. You're hearing God prophetically. So we're ready to go tonight? Oh, we're ready to go tonight. I want to start with Matt right here, my man. Okay, listen. God's given me a prophetic word for you, a name, a name. It's called the scrapper. You've been a scrapper your whole life. I mean, you just, you're probably the kid where they tried to beat you up, but you just wouldn't go down. You just kept up kicking, knock you down, kept up kicking, knock you down. You just will not be denied. You're tougher than snot. God knows that. You're just a scrapper, and he puts his hand on you in an incredible way. And there's, there's this thing in you, I'm going to fulfill the call of God in my life no matter what. Come on. I used to, in my worldly days, I would say, come hell or high water, okay? But yes, yeah, yeah, I don't care what's going to take place. I am going to fulfill my destiny. Now, there's a gift in you that you don't think is spiritual, but it's going to lead to something else. You have an incredible gift of administrations in you. I mean, you could organize a riot. And you just got an authority. Go here, go there. Go here, go there. Go here, go there. Matthew 8, the centurion. He says to Jesus, you don't need to come because I'm a man under authority and I have those under me. And I say to this one, go, and he go, and this one, come, and he comes. And so, Jesus, I see that you're under authority. And you're going to put yourself under authority. And you're going to be a crackerjack guy that just runs with the leadership to pick up the pieces. And they're like Mr. Magoo. They don't know they're ready to step off an edge, okay? You're throwing the board there. But the mantle of those leaders... Are gonna, it's going to come on you. And you're going to know an authority in the spirit that's going to come to you. Even over diseases, healing, ministry of authority. You're going to speak to mountains. You're going to have an authority. People are all caught up on how we sound in prayer. Come on, you can sound great in prayer with no power. You can pray just the weirdest prayers in the world and move mountains. Because if you want Jesus back in you, come on, that's all that matters. Jesus will be back in you because you're going to be under authority. And as you grow, you're going to grow with authority. And a mantle is going to come on you in a powerful way. There will be a day and you'll be a preacher of righteousness. God's going to loose your tongue. God's given you a great mind. Right now is a day of obscurity. 
You're going to plow into the word. You're going to go into places of aloneness that God fill me up and store me up with the word of God. You dream of days. You just manifest the power of God. That's okay. God's working on you. That's, up. That's not of your own ambition. God's working it. He says, I'm going to take my scrapper and I'm going to make him a man of God because he's going to be able to stand when my leaders need to stand. You got courage, son, like no one's business. God put that in you. You're going to need it because you're going to preach in a time of great adversity. You're going to be a leader in the time of great confusion. You're going to be a clear voice. You're going to be a place where people can rally around, like a spanner in a battle where they rally around. And they're going to say, there's a man we can follow because you followed and you stayed under authority. Come on. Young man right here in the front row, you're right there. You're staring at me, don't you stand up. Man, what a beautiful heart you have, son. The enemy's been working on you. Just condemnation that God's going to lift off of you. I mean, you, you, you feel, you, you say, God, when, when, when can I get it together? You know, I take three steps forward and take two steps back and I get up and then I'm down and I'm like a yo-yo, I'm here and there and the enemy's just been beating you up. But God tonight's going to free you from the spirit of accusation. You're going to get an identity tonight that you are victorious. Come on. Come on. Come on. That's it. That's it. That's it. Come on. You are victorious. Victorious. Now, this is what's happening to you. You're becoming who God says you are. Okay? Okay, God says you're this, but you're becoming it. And in the becoming process, you're not to come under condemnation. You're to, come on, we're going to rebuke the spirit of condemnation and accusation. And what that's going to do, there's going to be a freedom in you to run because I'm going to become whom God says that I am. Come on, we come against condemnation right now in Jesus' name. We erase it and let your son, Lord, run with great faith because of the blood of Jesus, because he's been justified freely without cost through the redemption that's in Christ Jesus. He's been saved by wrath through the blood of Christ. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. In him, he has been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Tonight, freedom is going to come to him. You're going to be a new man. Give me a new man. In Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you. We thank you tonight. What's going to happen? You're going to start telling your story. Come on to everything that you walk by, everybody you breathe on. You're just going to, I want to tell you what Jesus done for me. That doesn't mean you don't have fights ahead of you. You got great fights ahead of you, but you're gonna you're gonna fight as a son, not as a slave. That sonship is gonna release the evangel in you. But I know this: that God loves me. That God wants me. You kind of think, does God really want me? You got a second, third-rate citizen thing in your mind. Come on, He wants you like Mephibosheth. I want you sitting right at the king's table, right here. 
God delights in you. He delights in your heart. He delights in your humility. He delights in your brokenness. Come on, he's going to use you as as an evangel, as a herald of the good news. You're going to bring life to people because you're going to understand who you are. God bless you. I got one more. Come on, the king is here, amen. The king is here. The king is here. Uh, there was a young man up here doing worship tonight. He had one of those beautiful Heart of City tags. And good looking kid. Somewhere up here. Yeah, it was you back there, right there, right there. That's you. Stand up. Stand up. Oh, that's you. That's you. You know, you know, some people have a testimony and went from riding with the hell's angels and Jesus saved me and, and like, ooh, he's got a testimony. Your testimony is this, is that God took a nice guy and he made him into a zealot. I was just, you say, well, bro, that's not very exciting. That's not going to sell books. Yeah, it is, because there's nothing worse than a moralist. Paul took his, took his pedigree in Philippians chapter 3. You know, I was born in the tribe of Benjamin. I was a Pharisee of Pharisees. I kept the law in its external form. But you know, Paul, when he's describing He's describing the struggle with the flesh in in Romans 7. He says, when the commandment says, you shall not covet. That's interesting. It's the one of the Ten Commandments that deals with our motive. And I believe Paul couldn't shake, he couldn't shake his wrong motives. He He could, you know, not smoke and chew and hang around with those who do, but if you chew, God bless you. You smoke better. Okay, God bless you. God bless you. But he couldn't, he couldn't deal with jealousy, anger, judgment. It's kind of hard for you to kick against the goads, Paul. Huh? You're resisting me. He knew in his heart that he wasn't right. And he says, I count all these things, you know. It's kind of nice in the, in the King Jimmy version and other versions, rubbish. We sound very British. But it's really, all these things are crap. I can say that in here, can I? Okay, all right. Okay, sorry, I got silent here. Here we got weird. But that Paul was so repulsed by his works. He says, I want, all I want to know is him and his righteousness. And brother, you just went from a good guy to a lover of Jesus, and they're not the same. And you love Jesus. Now, here, here's what the Lord says to you. He does not want you to settle for the good life. I love Jesus. I'm just a good guy. I serve the church. He wants you to get a hold of the call of God on your life. I'm going to tell you something. You can preach. You don't even know it. you got an ability in you. You don't even understand. And God wants to erase right now, clean slate your thinking, to ruin you tonight. I mean, God wants to wreck you tonight with a whole new dream that you can be something you never thought you could be. And that is a preacher of righteousness. You say, well, man, everyone can't be a preacher. You know what? We need a lot of preachers right now. Well, we're not just about Coeur d'Alene. This church is too big just for Coeur d'Alene. But this church is going to plant churches. This church is going to extend the kingdom. This church is going to send teams to nations. This church is going to extend itself. You're going to be a part of the front lines of that. Your testimony, I went from a nice guy to a machine for Jesus. You got it?
Yeah, amen. Amen. We have got, uh, there's just electricity in the house tonight. I've got a um, couple on my radar that is, um, let's see, they were in, uh, oh, there they are. There's some almost in the back of this like section. It's a younger couple. You're looking, you're looking the wrong way. There's something on your shoulder. It looks like a hand of uh, your wife. Nope, not you. Yeah, yeah, wait, yeah, you too. Gray shirt and green sweater. Yeah. Did um, Are you a, a married couple? Yeah? Okay, thumbs up. How many years married? Aw, young married. Congrats. That is beautiful. God has come today to say there is a power There's a power that you have tapped into, that you have desired. A reality of God has come and just electrified. Your lives and your destiny has been changed forever. You have come into a place of finding the power of the Spirit like never before. And God comes to give even more on you. There's a a greater anointing that he has for you as you open your hands and ask for more. God has more anointing and more to show you about his Spirit. This is a school of the Spirit for you. You've walked into a place where God has even... um, just the word electric, electrify, it just keeps coming back to me. I don't know if you have something to do with electricity, but man, you have a power current that is coming in an increasing measure over your household and your ministry. You touch lives that are kind of in an unusual way uh, on the periphery of the norm. I, I just see you working with some I don't know how to say it. Like, we all work with abnormal people somehow. I mean, not just pastors do, but just kidding. But what you do has to do with some really extraordinary people. I, uh, I'm talking to the, the you, the wife. And, and somehow those people have um, almost, there's like a marginalized. They're like on the, the outskirts. And God is working with you to grace you for these people who are out on the outskirts of acceptance and and have been rejected by society. God graces you for this ministry. Your job is a ministry job. And in fact, I, I feel like it also just involves the neighborhood you live in. You spill out grace to your neighbors. You've been known to go and meet perfect strangers in uh, in your neighborhood and knock on the door and they have received the love of Jesus because of who you are in your kindness and you know honestly we have we are in such a fearful uh, stage of I, I mean just culture is dealing with so many different fears and God is gracing the two of you to be fearless to show people the love of God in a and, and that they don't have to be bound up in, in anxiety and fear themselves. You are going to be people that release people from bondages. You have connections to do that. And the two of you, I don't know if you've been here long, but 
you have a place in this house to grow and to put roots down and to develop the, and learn the ways of the Spirit, says the Lord. Learn, crave the ways of the Spirit, says the Lord. Hunger to learn more of my ways, and I'm going to blow and increase you. Even financially, there's been uh, a, just like a refrigerator magnet list of things that you need to get done, and God is saying, I see that. Don't worry. God has got your back. God sees that list, and he's going to provide for you. Yeah, there is another, uh, this couple right here, and you have a, um, a black, like a plaid shirt, and you're blonde, and uh, you're black, yeah, and you're, is this your husband, Stan? Do I, did we minister to you already before? No. I just saw you two as being um, just, it, the boat analogy is coming to me too. You want to step out, and there has been winds of adversity come your way, and you said, wow, God, will we sink? And God has come today to say, no, you will not sink. The wind is okay. It is, just as was preached tonight, what, a, what an awesome message. Just, I took that, and every time now I feel a struggle, and I know it's, I know it's to, to take a greater possession of what God has intended for me. God has intended for you two to get into a, a greater measure of activity in um, even in connecting in this house too, just to raise up your uh, your availability. So two things, just to get this clear. One is you can get through these storms of adversity. God is not going to allow you to be crushed or drowned. Not going to happen. That's his word, his promise to you is he will keep you. He will keep you in perfect peace when your eyes are on him. Honestly, I, you can trust him for the good things. And the other one is there's an elevation of ministry in you. You're stepping out into some things that are new to you, but you can just know that whenever you give God of yourself and your time and your availability, God blesses you in that. There's like a, there's like a freshness that comes to you from the Spirit, and the Holy Spirit's going to lead and guide your words. I don't know if you're involved with uh, young people here in the house, but I see you stepping up and saying, we'll, we'll be willing to do whatever is needed, where the need is. Um, Sister, I come back to that that turmoil thought for you. And in your past, you had some um, some really crazy things, some crazy things that could have derailed most. And not um, not to open you up here because I don't see everything, but I see that you've been through even some very. Um, I'll use this carefully, that you have been mistreated. And I know, I know what I know that I know, that God is coming today to do a complete healing and a complete restoration. Everything that the enemy met over you is gone. God has come today to, re to just to fill you up and heal. 
every corner and dispel every dark little crevice that is left over from that story. Because you are a woman of God. You have a great future. You have beauty and grace and promise and blessing coming all through your home. Your home is going to be a place of great blessing, of great, great blessing. You guys are going to bless others because you are being blessed. You will be a blessing to others. And you're going to see people come in that you're going to bless because of your story, but also because of the hope you're going to give them. Hope. I just feel like your middle name is Hope. Come on. Hope. Hang on to that. This young lady there, right between, yeah, you. Yeah, I know. I'm working on call you out. What is your name? Olivia. You know, when I looked, I first was looking at these two because I met them at the restaurant the other day. Right, you too. I met you at the restaurant. You guys are awesome. You guys are cool. I want. I want to put my hands on you. I want to lay hands on you and impart some stuff to you. But I saw. I saw first things start off like a little drawings that look like little stick figures, and then it increased to a little bit more dimension, and then it increased to a greater like picture and unfolding. And you know, I just see this creative artist that's on you and in you and that God is creating more of the artwork and creativity. And I said, God, where does it end? Where does it go? And he said that her creativity doesn't end at just a painter. It doesn't end at just a, in a fashion designer. It doesn't end in just a business creator. But God says every avenue that you choose to go into, which I think all of those are part of your destiny. I see this artwork. I see this fashion this fashion design that's on your life and I see but I see that you're going to be someone who can also create systems and processes that make things work well and so because you like things to be very orderly very right very precise but and it's very interesting because you have that very orderly very precise very distinct way but you're very creative you're very you know flamboyant and you like things to be a certain way and God says I've designed you for that and I, you know, and I, and I, you got to talk to your family and everything, but I feel like God's going to raise you up and even don't start, you don't have to start now, but there's somehow you're going to enter, enter into that industry of fashion and modeling. You're going to end, end up in there. You're going to go into that. And so God's separating you for that work. And so, um, you're going to learn how to pose. You're going to learn how to walk. You'll learn how to do all the stuff that's necessary. You look real cute. You're going to do all that stuff and just so flow with it, but know that God's called you to do it that God's hand is on you and that there's a harvest of people to capture. But the Lord showed me that very specifically. He's designed you from before you were born to be that person. So you don't have to actually change. He needs Esther's. He needs Esther's in this season. He needs them to be raised up. Do you know what Esther is? You know who that is in the Bible? Well, they're going to tell you. Yeah, she, she's very influential and she, she was like this too. She was like, you know, so she, she was very, you know, you know, she, she, and she knew how to command the room and that's, you're going to know how to command the room. And just when you walk in, the room is going to go, oh, she's here. Yay. Snap, 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 snap. And it's going to be fun. Right. So just enjoy it, but know that it's, it's an anointing on your life. It's the way God has designed you in the destiny. And so even though some of the people in the church won't understand the fact that you're going to go a different route other than just being, you know, that kind of preacher out there. 
have a friend, her name is Miranda, and she's in the fashion industry. She's actually a worldwide preacher. She preaches all around the world. God called her a few years ago to start going into the fashion industry. Now she does runway. She's a fashion model. She does runway. Girl went into the, she, one of the runway models was walking on the runway, twisted her ankle, got carried in the back. Miranda goes over there, lays hands on her. Her ankle gets healed and she goes back out. That's what you're going to do. That's where you're going to carry. That's the grace and the favor of God on your life. Amen. I release that blessing on you in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, is this, who's this to you? Your little sister. She's cool. Yeah, she's pretty fun. I feel like getting my camera out, taking pictures of her right now, just so I just have her sign it and just, yeah, there you go. Thank you. Send that to me. Have her sign it. Then I'll have it be worth a million dollars one day. You know, God's blessing is on you. God's favor is on you. In the foot, the foot, I see just the, the, the footprints, the steps that you've had to walk out, the things that you have walked out. And they, they were sometimes like mud and sometimes like molasses and sometimes just very, just tough and challenging and uh, you have a lot of questions of why did this happen why didn't this happen and don't understand the process of things and what they are and how to process it and God says you know what but you've been faithful to say God I don't know and I don't understand but I'm going to definitely keep on trusting you and that has postured you into a health, healthy position and God's going to separate you to a work of the ministry I see the ministry on your life I see the ministry but I, I, wanted, I want you to put your hands out right now because I see miracles coming from you. I see signs and wonders and miracles. God's going to heal the sick. God's going to separate this, the sickness from people as you lay hands on them. And the Lord says, I, I need you in this season to know one thing, that you are here to destroy the works of the devil. You are, a, you are one that is here to, to break the back of the enemy. And God's grace and God's favor is on you. And so the enemy, the enemy has tried to do things in your life, in your family that has tried to make you reject God. But God is, is seen in your heart that you said, I will never reject you. I will never turn from you. No matter the whispers, I hear, the, I hear actually see the enemy on the side of your bed saying, deny him, deny him. He did this. He let this happen. He let your heart be broken. He let this death happen. And God says, I am now taking away the sting of death. Death, where is your sting? And God says, I'm separating you from darkness unto light. I'm bringing you into health. I'm bringing you into grace. And God says, embrace the calling. Embrace that anointing. For the nations of God are waiting for you to show up. God is releasing that anointing on you for the nations of God. And God is going to release signs and wonders. And there will be a day that crusades will happen again. And there will be a day where signs and wonders will happen again. And there will be a day where stadiums are filled again. And there will be a day where all of these gatherings will be filled because you're going to carry on a legacy. You heard it in the, from the time you were a child. You heard it. Secrets things that have been said this is what we're going to do 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 dreams 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 and God says I'm letting them collect inside of your heart and you're the reservoir of those dreams so that they can manifest in this generation and you're going to keep them going forward so God says get out of the mire I'm bringing you out of the mire I'm bringing you out of this but I'm bringing you to a quick 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 step God's going to move you into quick 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 steps He's going to move it quickly. I want you to hear the amount of times. Quick, quick, quick steps. It's going to be three times that God's going to move things really quickly. Things that will hold you back. Three things just moving really quickly. And you're going to go, the Lord has done great things. And he's moved you into absolutely wonderful things. The stain of the past will be the fuel of the future. And that is what God's going to use. He wants you to use it as fuel. Use it as fuel. It's real pain. It's real hurt. It's real. It's never going to, it's never going to not be real. It's going to be real. But there's so many people that are going to be saved. 
So many people that are going to be changed. A kernel of wheat falls to the ground so that it can grow up into something more, empower, more powerful, more incredible. You are the carrier of a mantle. I release that mantle on you in the name of Jesus. I release that grace on you in the name of Jesus. I release that grace on you in the name of Jesus. Amen. What was your name again? Raphael. You know that the healer, right? That's anointing Raphael. It's anointing healing. I just thank you for the grace of God on Raphael. I just feel like um, that there's a there's a gathering anointing on you. That wherever you go, people are just going to want to gravitate to you, want to come around you, want to gather you. I, I don't. I'm not going to tell you anything about your future, but I want you to know that there is a gathering on you. There's an anointing on you uh, that's going to cause your ministry to really take off. Uh, you are called to the ministry. You're, you, have a, you have a desire for business, but I want to do business. I want to do a business acumen. You have that desire. But God's not just calling business people and calling ministers. He's doing what he's doing for this. This is a Melchizedek. This is a, a king and a priest. He's, you know this guy, Bobby? You know this guy? He's king and priest. He's both. He's got an anointing. I saw today millions million, millions and millions of dollars coming through his hands. God's favor is on him. I'm, I'm co-prophesying, I guess, right now. That's strange. That's weird. That's a difficult thing to do. <laughs> but God's hand is on you. And you have this anointing. And God says, you don't have to pick one or the other, but he needs you right now to focus on the ministry part. Focus on the ministry part. Because if you focus on the ministry part, it's going to make the a business aspect smooth. And you're going to break a generational curse off of your family of poverty. You're going to break a generational curse of struggle, of holding back resistance. You are already making that shift and that change. But God is, is saying, you're the one I've chosen. I'm, you're the one I've chosen. And it's going to cause even family members that are older than you to be swept into the kingdom of God. Because you're going to show such growth and such transformation. You're going to have both. So don't say, well, I want to be in business. I want to be in ministry. you got to be in both. But there's got to be a solid foundation, which is going to be the ministry. So give yourself to training here. Give yourself to education here. Give yourself to whatever is going to, needs to happen right here in this space. Because God's going to equip you for the ministry. And it's going to be quick steps. Quick, quick, quick. I wish I could talk to you guys about some other stuff, but I'm not going to. I'm just talking to you, and I'm talking to you, and then God will talk to you. That's all we need to say to Bobby's. You. Hallelujah. Sir with the blue sweater and the zip on the second row. Yep, that's you. <laughs> so, uh, first of all, I felt like the Lord was just uh, flooding your, your body with, with healing. Just the little annoying things that he's healing. I'm hearing capillaries. God likes to give me words that I <laughs> have to pronounce. Okay. Um, you know, what's interesting, would you stand up? Because it's easier for our camera people to identify who's... who's so, you know, it's interesting time when uh, Jesus was on his way to obey the Father. And Peter thought he was going to be real sweet. And he said, no, you're not going to die. In fact, I'll die for you. And Jesus reacted very extreme. He said, Satan, get behind me for you mind the things of man. Right? And so uh, I want to encourage you that just because people will say sweet things and kind things doesn't mean that it lines up with what God has put in your heart. 
God has a call and a purpose uh, that is going to please your Father in heaven. And he, and I'm not saying you're going to die. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm saying you're going to do a big thing, right? <laughs> a long life, he will satisfy you. But, but uh, it's going to be a big thing and it's going to be between you and your father. And he's going to put the same passion that was in Christ to give it all. You're a give it all kind of guy. And, and God is saying, as you give it all, don't get slowed down by, by humanistic words, humanistic thoughts. So just calm down, you know, be nice. Surely the Lord doesn't want you to go that far. Um, and the Lord says, not every thought comes from God that sounds merciful or kind or nice. Sometimes those are just humanistic thoughts. And God wants you to have heavenly thoughts thoughts of your father and he'll always lead you to great success he'll always lead you. i see that you you have an influential call on your life it's not just uh you know you enjoying your life but god has called you to influence and so i bless you i bless your physical body for what is necessary for what's to come and uh, i i i see your face on tv screens so I don't know what that is. It has to do with your call. Amen. Bless you. And then um, I keep hearing the Lord say, prophesy over Jessica. And I see a picture of this a younger girl with long hair. I don't know if there's a Jessica here. Put your hand in there. Let's see. Okay, there's a couple. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I'm trying to see who it is that I'm seeing. All Jessica's put your hand up in the air. <laughs> okay. All right, you, yeah, you in the back. All right, so praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, for Jessica. We thank you, Lord, for your hand on her life. You know, uh, there was one time, um, I'm going to just share this little thing, where the enemy came at me, and it was so intimidating, and he was basically uh, threatening my life and saying, who do you think you are? And, um, and I heard this laughter coming out of my spirit, and, and I heard the Holy Spirit say, tell him you are with the Ancient of Days. And when I said that, that evil spirit got sucked into darkness, <laughs> back to where it came from. I want you to know that the ancient of days is inside of you. And that's what the Lord told me to tell you. You are with the ancient of days. There's nothing so great, so arrogant, so looming, so threatening that is more powerful than God inside of you. And I declare today over your life that you are with the Ancient of Days. Come on, let, let's all say that I'm with the Ancient of Days. Amen. That nothing is greater than the Ancient of Days. Hallelujah. And so when, when things are, are on your path of your call and your destiny, and it causes you to want to in the, in the natural shrink back, the Lord is saying, rise up and declare and proclaim over whatever darkness stands in front of you who you are with. In Jesus' name, amen.
Amen. There's a couple. One, two, three, four. You're staring right at me. Why don't you two stand up? Amen. I, you know, you have caught my attention two nights in a row, and I just kind of mulled over last night because it's, uh, it's strong, but it's not coming clear. So I'm just going to start moving in what, what God wants to say to you. First is that the Lord shared with me that uh, the two of you uh, are really, you have a household of, of, of discipline, incredible discipline. And, uh, you know, discipline's an underplayed thing in our culture. We, you know, we, we, people don't add up that someone gets from here to here because of the daily decisions they make move forward. And, uh, and both of you, you know, you got couples sometimes where, you know, one's, you know, some free spirit over here and this person, you know, is just, you know, crossing every T and dotting every I and there's a real tension. But not in the two of you, there's a, there's a chemistry in you. And what's going to, a few things are going to take a place because of this. One, you're going to accumulate wealth, but it's going to be wealth not because you just make the big buck, but you, you create wealth because of just like the tortoise and the hare. You just keep plotting, doing the right things, and it's just like a, like a Dave Ramsey prosperity, if you're familiar with Dave Ramsey. And um, you know, that's, you know, live like no one else so you can live like no one else. And that is, that is you. Your finances are going to be unbelievable because, you know, you can prosper a lot of ways. You can get rid of all your bills. You can live on nothing like a millionaire. Or you could just, you know, try to make more money to keep up with all your stuff. You've chosen the discipline route on that. You're going to coach a lot of couples to, to how they can have a long-term plan of having financial peace. I know I sound like a Dave Ramsey uh, marketing thing here. I don't mean to, but the principle is absolutely true. But, but because of that, you've also in your, your schedule and the way you handle yourself, you've given yourself um, margins to be able to be used by God. You're very careful. You're very guarded. We're going to take this on, but not this. When you take something on, you take it on. I mean, it, you don't drop the ball. You're diligent on that. And there's breathing room for you to take on more people in, in your life. Carefully, okay, carefully. Do you have kids? How, how many? Two. I'm going to say this real carefully because I got it in my heart and I don't know what it means. But in your household, I believe you're going to take on some kids that are not your own biological kids. I'm not trying to put foster parenting on you or adoption. It might be just transition. But there is room in what God's done in you. And there's great compassion in both of your hearts to take on another individual, maybe if it's in just a short-term period. My wife and I sat at dinner um, not too long ago. We just counted in our, in, our, in our marriage how many people we've had live with us. We've had 45 people live with us. Now, people thought we were nuts, but she goes in our community and finds people that lived with us 20 years ago. And, Is that you, Sue? And there's just that little bit of difference. I'm not trying to, you, you go before the Lord with this thing, so I want to be very, very careful on this. But there's room for you to do ministry and to be led by the Spirit. You guys are going to be, I see you teaching together. I see you doing workshops. I see you coaching people. People are like a whirlwind and how to just kind of reorganize themselves and and how to deal with stuff to, to be able to be freer to, to, to do the will of God. How to have how to just the practice of life. You know, we talk about Jesus being the abundant life. 
you know, the, the issue is people don't live an abundant life because of all the choices they make. There's no abundance. You're well aware of this. You see clutter in people and bondage in people and, and the rejoicing over something that happened, but you see all the mess in the foundation. It's like someone has no skills win the lottery and they're in poverty in two years. See, you see that. And you're going to help restore foundations in people's lives and coming alongside of people. And this is a great ministry that you guys are going to have. This is something you've worked on. It's been a conviction that you have. There's great peace in your home. Great peace. I see you even inviting someone that would just be unlikely to invite to, to someone's house because, you know, that person's kind of troubled. And when they come into your house, here's what the Lord's speaking to me. They're going to be actually free of demonic interference. There's a canopy over your house. There's a, there's a presence over your house. There's, I mean, what you've established, you've established an atmosphere of the kingdom of God. Actually, people are going to come into your house, and because of the authority of the kingdom, you're going to pray, and they're going to get healed. You're just going to pray with them, and they're healed. I, I see just coffee around the table, maybe some popcorn or something. Let's pray, and they're healed. They're healed. They're healed. And you're going to have a lot. Your home is a ministry center, but it's going to be real calm. It's not going to be like a revolving door. It's just You're just going to have people over, and they're going to get blessed, and they're going to get ministered to, and words of knowledge are going to come to you, sister. There's a prophetic edge to you. Uh, you know it, but you're scared of it. It's huge. Like you, you got these divine hunches, these divine intuitions. That's called word of knowledge. Okay? I'm going to define it for you. You don't have to stir it up. It's already operated in your life. I got this one. I feel like I should write a card to this person or call this person. All divine appointments. You, you're going to be led by the Spirit. God's going to be your appointment book, and He's going to lead you to do what He wants you to do, and there's going to be great activity in your home ministering to people. Brother, God's going to give you a boldness. You're careful in your spirit real careful. And he's going to shake you a little bit and stir you a little bit. Just There's going to be something in you tugging you. And I don't want to do this. What's going to be tug? I don't want to do this. When you feel this tug, I just want to give you the word. Go with it. It's going to be things outside of your natural realm, your comfort zone. It's going to be nerve-wracking. Your knees are going to be shaking. You, you, you know, you're just, your palms are going to be sweaty, but you know what? You're going you're gonna, to, even though you feel those things, you're going to do what God tells you to do. And you guys are going to have this wonderful dimension of an ordered life that's cra in a crazy way. It's led by the Spirit, and you're going to be a house of refuge to broken people. Uh -huh. Sister right here, could you stand up? Yes, you. I just want to say this. I, I see you in a ministry, whether you're doing it now or not. I see you really helping, especially women, out of addiction. I mean, helping them out of the prison house. And you may not see that in yourself, but I see you helping, taking chains off of them and bringing them out of a place of deception where they're bought into lies and they're destroyed and they are, they, they're chained up and they can't get any help. And God is going to give you the keys to the kingdom of God. 
And he's going to give you keys to unlock these things. This is not something... This is not something that is just, man, I'm going to say something and that's all cleared up. That's, those are nice. Some deliverances come immediately. Some take a long time. You're going to have a long time anointing. Your, your, your life has not been easy at all. And you know what it is to walk the long road. And you're even in some of those issues even right now. But God knows that he is bringing you along. And he wants to give you a vision that at the end of this thing, your pain is your platform and your mess is your message. Oh, come on. Your test is your testimony. And it's going to be a platform of your influence. And there's going to be great authority. I see you calling people out of their lies, out of their excuses, out of the things that they kind of put up as a front and blame shifting. You're going to call them out. That's a lie. I live the lie. I smell it. I know it. And if you're going to get free, you got to do what I tell you to do. And you're just going to have that authority in the Spirit. So get a vision right now that you're going to be a liberator. In Jesus' name, of other women. Amen. Amen, amen. I love that. I saw that, too. I just saw that it was going to be such a ministry through your hands. Uh, I don't know. I kept seeing you like in a a drive-through window and everybody that comes through the drive-through is getting the gospel. Somehow, you like fit it into the the order or the change or the thing. Have a great day. It's like always about Jesus with you. And and I feel like Bob, God is going to continue to um, bring all these people in your life and you may never see them or know what their outcome is. But the beauty is that uh, God is knows that and you gonna you'll find out someday all the people that you have dropped a word of faith a word of encouragement a word of hope a word of deliverance a prayer that you may never have thought landed god'll god is keeping the records and you'll see the fruit of the seeds you sow i love gardening and i love seeds and i love planting and you are a you're a spiritual gardener. You're putting seeds all over the place, all over the place. And one seed, one seed, you have no idea how powerful one seed can be, what the multiple, multiplication effect of one seed, what the ripple is. So keep on planting, keep on doing what you're doing. You're doing a good job. God says good job. I got... Um, so this is must be the hot zone. Sorry, everybody else now. But the couple next to the couple that um, we just ministered to, my husband did. But you, you there with the like the burgundy jacket? Yeah. Could you stand? And I just want to make you stand. <laughs> make you both stand. Are you a couple? Yes. Okay. Good. I have to ask it. I get in trouble. I just uh, I saw you guys involved in some kind of recreational business of some sort and I just felt like maybe that's something you've done or something in the future you're on your you know desk as an idea but God is saying you know recreation I know it's kind of like a no-brainer but in this county I guess but it is the first time I've ever given a word like this so it is for you I know this that I know that I know that God has got a, a business proposition that came your way and you took that and now God is 
you're struggling, but your struggle, God sees, and God's going to come in and bring that business um, back into existence. He's not going to let it die out. There's prosperity. There's a return on your investment. And honestly, you know, all of our ways are in his hands. And when we commit our ways to him, we can trust him. And you don't have to stress out and worry. You're kind of a, um, I, I don't want to say this carefully, but you're a little bit of a stress case sometimes that you like, I, this, how can this, this can't work out? And then you kind of obsess about it. And that's okay. We're all different, you know. But God is coming today to bring a peace a peace over your mind and your heart. And the both of you are going to experience peace throughout all this business stuff. There's a peace coming. And also there's a, there's a, uh, a prosperity and a return and a turnaround coming for this story right now. I just want to pray over your household. There's a, the, I, I, I see, it's kind of like, the person right in front of you, I have a word for you too, sister. And you're like opposites in organi- organization. And I'm just, here, I'll clarify this just for the two of you. We get kind of overlapping here, yes. don't we? But there is a, um, there's a, se- I'll just say it. There's a sense of the chaotic for you right now, sister. Like things are spinning out of control and you can't get it like you want it. Yet God, yet God sees exactly the condition of your heart and your mind and he comes today to to say don't look on the natural but know that i am god be peace be be at peace be still and know that i am god there is this chaos is of the enemy be gone in jesus name just, I just want some of you to reach out to her right now, lay hands on her. We just pray for the storm in her mind to be calm, that you, God, are God over our minds. We command the storm to be still and right now bring peace, supernatural peace come all over her in the midst of this right now in Jesus' name. God is good all the time. God is good all the time. He has your life in the palm of his hand. You can trust, surely you can trust him for all of this. Amen? Amen. Sister, in front of you, okay, you can sit down. When I saw, oh, I see you like a librarian. And, oh, could you please stand? Would you, can you stand? Yes, with a grace. Yes, sister. Um, what a... What a word. You, you're just a librarian. You have books that you have open in like rows of books. Do you, are you one of those that read? Do you like to read? Do you like to read? Sometimes. Well, I see you with um, the Bible and a journal and a couple other books kind of laid out. And I also see books on the shelf around you. And like you've you've kind of got them in an orderly way. There's like a, a like a mini library at your house. But God has put in you the word, and you have invested in the word. Have you been saved a while? Like I see you have a rich, deep deposit of the word of God. And today God is challenging you, sister. You got to bring out the treasure that is in you. You have poured in a lot of the word, and this is a day I'm calling you out, says the Lord, to 
pour out what I've invented, what you have packed away. It's not just to keep inside you. The Word of God is rich in you, experiences. You've got many stories that testify of the miraculous. God has done some unique miracles for you, and some of it's been through the hard, but God has been good to you, and you have, a, you have stories that need to be told, stories of faith, of contending, stories of waiting for God and God showing up, right? Am I right? Is there stories? Is there a miracle or two in your life? Because I believe you have a story to tell and a story to write down. Your journal is going to be your book. You need to put it into, there's a, there's a real writing gift, right, in this house anyway, because of your pastor's wife, but all kinds of writers I know lurk in this this team here, but you've got a writing gift, and you may not believe it, but God is going to craft that, but more than that, I believe you're going to be some teaching going on out of your mouth. You need to gather gather up your community group of women of different ages and say, this is what God is going to do, and start teaching the word. Bring it out, girl. Bring it out. God today releases the gift in you. Praise the Lord. Can we just pray in the spirit for a little bit? Would that be okay? Just to... You know, when I when I just I just want to walk around the worship team just a little bit. Can you all just enter into another just place in the spirit with us just for a moment? If you want to just sing out, lift your hands. You guys do it so well in this church just to create an atmosphere for the hearing and seeing of the Lord. There's such a corporate anointing. Let's just lift it up to another level.
continue, continue, continue. Come on, there's an atmosphere. There's an atmosphere that prophetic works in. Of all day. 
the Lord is writing on your hearts. He's writing an encounter in your heart right now. Just allow him. As worship is going up, he's releasing to you. He's speaking directly to you. He's speaking directly to your heart. I feel like there's a, just a corporate writing. God's writing on your heart. Many of you are saying, I need a word, I need a word. And I'm telling you right now, God is speaking to your heart. He's releasing his words to you. How many of you feel that, that God is writing on your hearts right now? There's a corporate anointing. And what I've been feeling on this worship team and what I feel like God wanted, wants to do amongst this team, uh, Seth, is the Lord said there's a, there's a generation that has never encountered the beauty of my holiness. And it's, it's the most mysterious statement that David has ever said, that he could, the wonder and the seeing the beauty of God's holiness is because he's reserved that to only certain to see the beauty of holiness and God has reserved that this generation in your team as a as those he's going to invite into the beauty of holiness and when he, when he invites you into the beauty of holiness and you sing from that place that's a, a holy beauty a beauty holy it encounters people it brings him to a staging with the Lord that they have never experienced and never encountered you can't get it anywhere it's not on a CD it's in a moment and what I felt when we just needed to walk for a second that God wanted to, to touch that and what you started to sing out what you started to release is that the beauty of holiness we don't even know why it's so beautiful we don't even understand but it's whole and it's perfect and it's right and yet we all feel very whole and comfortable there don't we we feel very comfortable in that space it's an encounter and the Lord's trusting your generation and your team specifically you and as a leader to lead a generation into the beauty of his holiness that that reserved secret space that David mentioned briefly touched a beautiful thing with no explanation it's only an encounter I believe that right now we're stepping into that encounter and I felt like the Lord said, I've reserved for every sound, I reserve a new song. And, and that we give prophetic words, but God says, I want to give you prophetic songs. He says, for every sound, there's going to be a new sound. He wants to write songs in, at the sound, in the sound. And there'll be moments that the worship team needs to go away from individual words. So we just come up and we just start we release that sound from the Lord and the prophetic song comes and that will be the wave that this church will go into this next season. It will carry into the next sound and then there'll be another sound that will carry into the next sound. Every sound he wants to write a song through you. There'll be a new song this, this weekend. It won't, it won't be something you sit down and write. We'll just start singing it and it will be, it will be, it'll be, it'll be verse chorus verse chorus bridge 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 like all like all songs because <laughs> god wants to write songs from this space right here because you get into a space i feel it man i feel it come on sam come on team just for a few minutes, you mind, Pastor? I just feel, I know you love this anointing. You're a revivalist. You're, you're an apostolic revivalist. You, you activate revival everywhere you go. You activate it first in an individual, and then it spreads out. 
it doesn't activate like in a city until it hits a heart and you don't want to just move a city you want to move a heart and god says that anointing is on you because you've you yearned for a father i don't i don't remember all your background but you yearned for a father and god said i made you a father to activate people in their heart and you put revival and you plant revival in hearts and when that heart just bursts with life they go and spread revival in cities and communities and you see that there's going to be one day that all of those heart felt revivalist the fire is going to blend to one incredible worldwide move that's going to just spread throughout the world but it started because you both invest in hearts you plant revival in hearts you're a revivalist an apostle of revival you're an apostle of revival you both carry this anointing to just manifest and explode the best in you know i just keep seeing you know this weekend for you I felt like, you know, there's going to be just so many things named after you. So many things named after you because I just see name. I see. I just. I saw. I saw things that were started and done named to honor you, to honor what you do and how you love. And I just felt like that there's the richness of like a, not that you are Mother Teresa, but that just that deposit that Mother Teresa released in the people's life is really as a mother. And is transformed. You are a mother of the faith. And you are a mother that has an anointing to continue to raise up more and more generation. There's a generation that doesn't have what you give, gave to your daughters. You gave something to your daughters. You gave something to your kids. You invested in them. When he was traveling, you invested in them. And now you can see the fruit of your labor in them. But God says, I want that to hit more. There's more young ladies that you're going to raise up in this season and never before and you are there's a writing that's going to come through you a writing and an ex expression because you're already you're an educator you're a teacher you're you're a psalmist you have all those things but god says i want to leave i want your legacy to go bigger than your legacy i want your legacy to get broader and sp spread out wider so as you begin to write just maybe in blogs or you begin to just express it's not just because you need to say something you don't you never feel like you need to say or do anything you feel very comfortable in your skin but god says i need you to because there's a generation of of we've always talked about the fatherless but there's a generation of motherless that they have mothers but they don't have mothers that invest they've never invested in them we have spiritual uh and we're spiritual de de defunct people ruling the, the church and the lord says you are about to rise in a in a world where even in, in places where women are just secondary, God's going to bring it up and going to bring, is going to cause you to be almost that dual, dual that Mother Teresa, but then, uh, you know, Daisy Osborne was someone who invested in my, my wife and she activated a, a woman to be in a very powerful position. And I feel like that's, that anointing is on you both. You guys are absolutely, I didn't mean to prophesy over you, but I've just been seeing stuff, but I just feel like there's an, ex, there's an explosive net apostle there's an ex there's a net you've been just sowing seeds but i see it as a net that's coming together and it's going to be this these bonfires that just turn into this incredible worldwide fire that that's going to bring revival to the earth i don't mean to take over but i just feel like an atmosphere is that all right come on seth come on beauty of holiness Woo! 
Come on, worshipers. Come on, worshipers. Come on, let's worship the King. Let's worship the King. Let's glorify His name. We exalt you, Lord. We exalt you, Lord. We exalt you, Lord. We exalt you, Lord. Why? Wow. 
It's a thing we can't escape But why would we want to? When we've already found you And how can I move away? Right in the midst of your
You know, the Apostle Paul said, the kingdom of God does not just come in word, but in power. I believe there's a healing anointing here tonight. You know, when we give ourselves in worship, we, we kind of make it all one way. We, we think that, you know, we're just sending God up just so much love, and that's kind of it. It's a period at the end of that. But no, it's, a, it's the law of the Spirit. Sun beats on the surface of water causes vapors that form clouds that pour forth rain. When we have a revelation, come on, light, revelation comes to us of who Jesus is. It produces praise in us, which is like the vapor, which produces the cloud of his presence, which begins to be poured out on people. Healing tonight. You know, I, I got a word of knowledge in my, in my mind, God wanting to heal in the throat here and I remember Pastor Stephen he's got cancer in the throat I don't know if Pastor Stephen's here I know he's on the video tonight he's not here is he here? he went home let's just begin to send the word of the Lord to heal that right now in Jesus name we curse this thing we curse this cancer in his throat in the name of Jesus Lord even if he goes into he's got to do, he show me a picture of radiation today how he, they put a mesh on him and they nail him to the thing and Lord, we, we pray that x-rays will be astounding like it's gone. Lord, he's going through his procedures, but he's, it's gone. Send your word to heal that in the name of Jesus. Amen. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. I believe God wants to heal rotator cups tonight in the shoulder. You got, you got a rotator cup issue, okay? You can't, I mean, I got so many athletic injuries, I don't know how to, how to count them all. But, you know, you, you can't do nothing. Your shoulder, shoulder pain is a horrible thing. You got your hand raised there. Thank you, brother. Anybody else got shoulder pain right there? I know it's kind of hard to raise your hand. You got shoulder pain. Okay, just, we, we got you right there. Come on, right now, in the name of Jesus, right now, let's just begin to speak. You got, you got a shoulder pain there? Bobby, come on, right now. Lord, we pray right now. Let healing come upon rotator cups right now. Why? kind of crazy. Why doesn't he heal anything else? I don't know. He just, sometimes it's just faith. This is what I'm doing right now. This is the pool of Siloam. We pray right now in the name of Jesus, let healing come on rotator cups, right, that are inflamed, that are injured, that are causing sleeplessness and irritation. Lord God, uh, we pray for healing. Release healing right now. Release the power of healing to take away this discomfort. Mm, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, oh Lord, we thank you, 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 let healing flow, let healing flow, bring your power, Lord, If you got something, just get a picture of someone that's having, you know, this is not just like gas. This is, there's something wrong in your intestines, in your digestion. It's serious. And uh, it's, it's debilitating and it's affected your life. You want to raise your hand if, if that's you tonight? Get your hand raised. Thank you for your honesty right now. Father, I pray in Jesus' name. Lord, right now, someone else raise their hand. We pray, Father, for healing. Whatever that is that's interrupted his life, 
Lord, we thank you that pain is going to go away. He's going to awaken even in the morning like something else, something's happened in his body. We thank you, Lord, that you are the healer. Well, you're a healer right now in that abdo lower abdominal area, Lord. It was intestine with this, Lord, the bile duct, I don't know, large intestine. It's, I don't know what it might be, Lord, but you know, heal it right now in the name of Jesus. Heal it right now in the name of Jesus. Right now in Jesus' name. Right now you... We're just gonna we're just gonna pray. We don't need always a word of knowledge for a healing to take place. We just need faith. Because we all we have to do is feel after him. You need healing. I mean you need I, I wanna just kind of limit this. We're all got banged up bodies, but you are in a, you got something that's interfering your life, okay? It's affecting it's affecting just it's hard just to function on a day by day basis because you're dealing with so much pain. I wanna I wanna pray for those people. Raise your hand. Okay, I mean it's just been interruptive. It hurts. Come on, right now. We're talking about people have suffered. Come on, right now, in the name of Jesus, we just pray, Lord God, for healing for these hands. Come on, church, it's you now. It's your hands, your faith. Come on, speak the name of Jesus over these conditions. We thank you, Lord God, for weeks to come in this church, for testimonies of God touched me. God turned my circumstance. God changed this. Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we just don't sing. We're just not excited. We're just not passionate. Lord, in the name of Jesus above all names, let healing flow. Let healing flow. We thank you in Jesus' name that you're the healer, the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Come on. Amy Simple McPherson says he's not the great I was. He's the great I am. We thank you right now. You are the I am. You're present. We thank you for debilitating things that are going to go away now in Jesus' name. We don't have to screw up our will. We don't have to even demand that all sudden signs are happening now. You're going to be healing these things. The power of God heal. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hey I don't want to ask... Tracy here in a second to preach the gospel. You got to preach the gospel tonight. Did you know that? No, no, you got a great mantle. You, you're the preacher. The anointing's on you tonight. Amen. But I'm going to give a word to you, sir. Amen. You know, God took a, an angry man and He made you a just one of the most loving people in the world. What a transformation! I mean, He took you from here to here, and there is such love in your heart. Such a father's heart. I mean, just unbelievable. You, people talk about, you know, I'll give my life for my kids. You do. A lot of people want to be a big hero in the big show, but they don't want to be a hero every day. You're a hero every day. And you, and you, just, you, just, love, you just love people. You love strangers. I mean, I see you put, putting people. You got a truck at all? You got a truck? You drive a car truck? Big you do? I just I see you. Hey, you need help? You give him a ride? You need? We'll just we'll throw you in the garage. Okay, I'll cook you something in the morning. Where do you need to go? You're that that type of a guy. Just come on in. You're just you're like you're like on the prowl. Lord, who do I touch? Who do I love? Who do I reach out to? Come on, we preach 
with words and we preach with deeds. I don't, I don't buy into the whole St. Francis thing. You know, I pre- preach the gospel. If I, if, I'm, I, if I must, I'll use words, you know. But, but you know what? There is a place for our works. Jesus said, men shall see your works and glorify your Father in heaven. And you're full, full of good works. God, you know, what's going to happen? There's going to be people that are going to come to this church. And not because you're bringing them, but they come to this church. This guy gave me a, a card for this church and told me about it, but he loved on me. And I was... I was asking just at that time, is there a God, if you know where I'm at? And he, he came and he took care of me for a couple of days. And, you know, I, I, I want to figure this thing out. And they're going to find themselves here. You're going to find the seeds you plant is going to bear fruit. Oh, I remember that guy. I remember that guy. Well, that's just you. You're just, you're on a 24-hour assignment. I mean, that's what you do. That's who you are. God says, please, the blessing of the Lord be upon you, brother. I just want to encourage you in Jesus' name. Sir, right here, you're nodding your head at me. You walked in here just a little while back, and you sat down. You're looking at me. You're, yes, right. We got, we got eye contact. Why don't you stand up? Yes, you. That's, that's you. Amen. 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 I don't want to pick on you at all. I don't want to pick on you at all. I'm just going to say this. You've got an incredible mantle for men. There's an incredible mantle to help men become men you know we don't need to put down women for men to thrive we need men just to become men and I and you know what men become men women are going to become women in a strong way let them run but man we still need strong men I just see you discipling men encouraging men building men stirring them up to be men you know, a man, a true man, he's the guy in the last of the line. He's the guy, you know, everyone else sleeps and then he sleeps. Everyone else eats and he eats. He's a servant. Jesus said, I came to not to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. You're going to teach men to sacrifice their lives, not just for their wives and not just for their family, but to sacrifice their lives on the one for no one who doesn't have anybody to sacrifice their life for. That's true manhood. And you're going to teach them how to do that. You're going to encourage them. You're going to create projects for them to be able to do that. I see you creating projects for men to learn how to sacrifice. This is going to be fun, guys. We're going to eat just dry bread and we're going to be cold, but we're going to make something different in the life of these people. God bless you, sir. The hand of God is on you for that. Amen. Amen. All right. Tracy's got the hot hand to preach the gospel. If you don't know Jesus tonight, I want you to listen to what Tracy's going to tell you. Well, I, I like to tell my story. My, my story starts with I was born to a mother at 15 and a half. Uh, she, she gave birth to me, and then she took off and continued to live her life. She dropped me with my, my grandmother, who's a... Seventh-day Adventist, strong praying Seventh-day Adventist woman. Um, my mother came back a few years later and took me with her and introduced me to an Islamic lifestyle. She converted to Islam while she was on the run. Uh, I went and lived in Oakland in just very, the, the most challenging season of Oakland is right, right 
during the time of the Black Panthers or right at the end of the Black Panthers, I was a young kid and, that, and it was a rough, rough season. Um, I've only known the challenges of, of life. I went from there uh, back to my grandmother who was a Seventh-day Adventist and I was torn between two gods. I prayed to two gods. I prayed to Seventh-day Adventist God and I prayed to Allah. And I realized one day that none of them, neither of them were answering any of my prayers. They weren't talking back to me. And I decided, I decided, well, if you can't answer my prayers, then why am I talking to you? And when you, when you pray to Allah, you pray five times a day. You, you wash and you prepare yourself five times a day. So as a, a little boy, I'm praying in the morning when I wake up, in the, in the mid-morning, in the afternoon, before dinner, and at night, I'm praying to Allah, asking for communication and connection. My best friend was my grandfather. I would go to work with him on a, on a regular basis, and he worked at a theater, a, a movie theater, and he would show me, he would show me movies and, uh, while he was cleaning the theater. He passed away, and I just couldn't understand. I said, God, I just don't understand you. I prayed every day. My prayer, my favorite prayer was, Our Father who is in heaven, hello be the name of the king, come, come, we don't do it. It was really the fastest thing you could ever pray. It was just... But I, was, I, I became very angry with God. And, you know, being a Muslim, Seventh-day Adventist, losing my, my, my best friend, not understanding a God that doesn't pray. And I would say this, Radine, I would pray to this God. And I would say, will you heal my grandfather? He's dying of cancer. Will you heal him? And every day I'd pray and he, nothing changed. And I, and I just had one simple thought. God, if you are the God, if you're God, then you've made us. And if you made us, you can fix us. I'm, I, I created my bike. My chain comes off of my bike. I put it back on. That's my bike. My grandfather's your guy. And he died. I became bitter. I became an atheist. And I decided to walk away from any kind of God. I remember when I was about 18 years old, uh, I, my grandmother had this, this picture of Jesus in her, in her living room. And I was so angry. I went down to that picture and I just picked it up and I put my fist through it. I hated Jesus. I hated God. I wanted nothing to do with him. I wanted nothing to do with God. Then one day I, I was just desperate. And I could tell you all my story. My story is pretty interesting, but I tell you all my story in and out of jail, in and out of problems. Finally, one day I was pursuing a business. It was in, I was in Amway and there was a guy by the name of Bill Britt. And Bill Britt would say this. He says, if you ever want to be successful, you've got to have Jesus and you got to have the Bible. And I remember going home and kneeling and I said, God, if you're real. And the, flat, the face of Jesus flashed in front of me. I mean, I, I prayed to Allah and he never showed me a flash of anything. I prayed to Allah. He never once told me, hang on there, buddy. I prayed to God once. I said, if you're real. And a flash of Jesus came in front of me. And I said, Jesus. From this day, I don't understand you. I don't know you, but I'm going to thank you every day for my life. I'd wake up in the morning and thank God. I'd go to bed at night and thank God. Thank, thank you for letting me live this day. I wake up the next morning and say, thank you for giving me my breath. Go to bed. About a year later, I was at Seaside, Oregon, and I was standing on the, the shore. And I remember standing going, I don't know, I don't know anything about God, but I, I know that this is so powerful. I couldn't have created this. Shortly after that, I, I, I give my heart to the Lord. But what happened was most important is not only did he reveal himself to me, but he changed me. He took me from an angry person who wants to put his fist in his picture. 
And, 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 and from a person who literally, if anyone ever mentioned Jesus to me, I would want to punch them and or I would start a fight with them immediately. I was so angry. I was so mad. I, I just couldn't even stand the thought of God. And yet one prayer softened my heart. And when I received him, he said, I said, Jesus, come into my heart and be my Lord and Savior. And can I tell you something? He did something to me. It was not a change in my mind. I didn't just all of a sudden go, I'm going to be different. But when, when I prayed the prayer and he came and lived in me, he did something to me. And I don't know if you're here and you would be someone to say, I need God to do something to me. But that's what salvation was to me. Not only do I get to go to heaven, but I needed him to do something to me. And I'm talking to the person that walked in there tonight and you go, I need God to do something to me. I know I'm not right with him. I know I'm not right in this world, but I can't change and I couldn't change on my own. I need him to come and help me, change me, transform me. That hope right there is the entrance to salvation as far as I'm concerned. The salvation is, in, the entrance to salvation is hope. I can change. I can be better. I can be free from bitterness. I'm going to ask you with your head bowed and your eyes closed, and we do it, we do it that way, right? We do it that way right here. Is that right? <laughs> head bowed and your eyes closed. If you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you want, you want to have that, that confirmation, that confidence, that you're not just doing this on your own, but Jesus is coming into your heart, living with you, walking with you, guiding you. You need him to change you. Is there anyone here in this room, you need Jesus to change you? I want to just lift your hand. Just lift your hand. I'm going to count to three and just lift your hand. If there's anyone here, you need to make sure that you're right with God today. One, thank you. I see your hand over there. Is anyone else? You need to make sure. Thank you. I see your hand. Anyone else? You need to make sure you're right with God. Just go and lift your hand. Keep your hand up there for me. Thank you. Is there anyone else? Oh, you need to make sure that you're right with God. Thank you. I see your hand. I see your hand back there. Come on. Is there anyone else? You need to just make sure that you're right with God tonight. I see your hand over there. Anyone else here? Thank you. I see your hand, young lady. Anyone else? You need to make sure that you're right with God. Don't walk out of here doubting or questioning, but know confidently that you are right with God. And when you are right with God, he will come and do what he did for me. He changed me. There's another hand over there. Thank you. I see that hand over there. Anyone else? I see your two hands back there. Anyone else? You want to make sure that you're right with God today. You need God to change you. You need him to come and do something to you. Thank you. I see your hand. Come on, just give me one more minute. Anyone else? You need to make sure that you're right with God, that God is, is with you. And I'm going to ask you to do this we're going to pray a prayer, and as we pray this prayer, I'm going to ask everyone to stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. We're going to pray a prayer. Online as well, please let us know. I want you to pray this prayer, and as we pray this prayer, after we pray this prayer, we're going to celebrate. We're going to celebrate that we've all walked into this salvation. And those who raised your hand and said, I need that change, there's a group of people that are going to meet you over here at the cross, and they're going to help you. They're going to help you make that deeper connection. To where not only do you say a prayer, but you go into that place of, I'm changed. I'm going to be different. Are you guys ready to pray that prayer with me today? Come on, let's pray this prayer together. Say, Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. Thank you for changing me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for cleansing me. My past is washed away. Heaven is my new home. I am right with you. And from this day forward, my life is yours. I will live in your kingdom. I will help others find you.
and I will fulfill my purpose for you. In Jesus' name, fill me with your Holy Spirit and I will live my days for you. In Jesus' name, come on, let's celebrate. And as we celebrate, those who said that prayer, those who meant that prayer, go ahead and make your way over to the cross over there. We have people that will meet you. Come on, let's celebrate those that are walking into the house of God, into the kingdom of God tonight. Jesus is doing something to us. He is changing us, transforming us.